1: Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message.
2: You ready for the Word? All right, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 2. Beginning with the, the first verse, and uh, you know, at Grace, we, our goal is, is to always learn, and uh, you know, we're, we're teaching church, and you know, you, you may not leave here liking what I said, but you leave here knowing the Bible. So today is going to be, be similar, but today we're going to dig in a little bit more than normal. It's going to be a little, little bit like, like a Bible study, just a tad But uh, we're going to all be better for it. But I think this is the best way to to treat the book of Revelation, and we're beginning a a series on it. We're going to again be in Revelation 2 in verse 1. John the Revelator says, by the Holy Spirit, to the angel. Now, the word translated angel there in the Greek is angelos, angelos. And in the Bible angels or angelos can either be human messengers or heavenly messengers, depending on the the context. Now, the angelos or the angels, if you will, uh, the emphasis in the terminology is really on the message, meaning they never originate the message, they only transmit it. I think the ministry of angels is probably best uh, uh, captured by the popular song I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who could save anybody. You see they are not the message they are just transmitting the message. In Matthew eleven ten, the word angelos is used again but it's actually used to describe John the Baptist it says for this is he of whom it is written behold I send my angelos messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Let's take a look at this in Luke chapter 7 and verse 24. The term angelos was also used for a delegation of humans that were sent to John. It said when the messengers of, or angelos of John had departed and it goes on again. And again, we see in this verse that the term angelos represents people. In Luke 9 and verse 51 in the mouth of two or three witnesses here, let's, let's see the term used again. Now it came to pass... When the time had come for Jesus to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent his messengers angelos before his what face and as they went they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare a place for him so again typically in the bible though When the term angelos is used, or angel is used, it typically represents a heavenly being with supernatural power sent to give a message for God. However, from time to time in the Bible, the term is used for humans. St. Augustine said this, he said, It was pride that turned the first angels into devils, and it's only humility that can make people angels again. I, I like what he said. Back to Revelation 2 and 1. And now we can read this with a little bit of understanding. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, now here's the question. Why would God, and this is why we got to dig into the context here, why would God need to inform an angel of God's will or something going on in the church? Because in Matthew 18, 10, doesn't Jesus tell us that the angels always behold or see the face of the Father? meaning they're always in communion and communication with God. So based on that and, and also the, the frequent use of, uh, of the term angelos to, to be either humans or, or, or angels depending on the context and, and also some of the teaching of the early church fathers, John is probably not writing to a an heavenly angel here. But most likely he's writing to the bishop or the senior pastor of the church at Ephesus, you see, God never violates His own structure or lines of authority. Whenever He wants to, to to reach a body, He starts with the head. That's the way God does it. But here's our safeguard, and this is very, very important. Whenever the Bible or wherever a Bible or, or, or and the Christian leader might disagree, we must always choose and obey the Bible. And where conscience and culture, even party, pay attention, disagree, we must always follow conscience. So we are not so much following the the, the bishop or the pastor as much as the word of God that's in the bishop or the pastor's mouth. And if the word of God is no longer in the bishop's and pastor's mouth, you need to find another place of worship. Pay attention to what I'm saying here. He said, these things says... He who holds the seven stars. Now, this is why we stop reading the book of Revelation because it gets complicated right here. And we're like, what are these seven stars? What's all this stars stuff? I mean, in all these other books, it's, it's pretty straight and clear. And Every now and then, Jesus tells a parable you got to pray about. But, but what is this? These stars and these angels, et cetera, et cetera. But, but fortunately here in this particular scripture, John has already told us. So let's go back to, to chapter one and let's dig in. We're going to keep learning today. Revelation 1 and 20 takes all the mystery out of what we just read. He said, The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. Here's the explanation The seven stars are the angels, angelos, of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches themselves. So the stars in his hands represented angels, or the angels of the churches. And the seven golden lampstands represented the churches themselves. By the way, why do you think that was the case? Because we are the light of the world. So, so we are, to, together we give off, individually we give off light. When we come together, the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. But what amazes me about these seven lampstands, is that in Revelation, they're made of pure gold. And and the lampstands represent what? The churches. And what we see in these verses is despite the fact that those of us in the church are often deeply flawed, God still sees us as golden. It's amazing the way God sees things. Back to Revelation 2 and 1. These things says he who holds the seven what? Stars. Notice the leader of the church is likened to a star. Why? Because even the brightest pastoral ministry will eventually fade. We must always keep our eyes on Jesus. Also, like like stars... No two pastors are exactly alike. I spent a lot of my life trying to be like other people, but it is hard. I just said, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. You see, some have brighter lights, some have lesser lights. But all lights, all these different lights are needed to light the evening sky. Also, like the stars, every pastor is, is assigned a particular orbit. God gives each pastor a certain path to follow. And each must be faithful to that particular path. Everyone's not going to run for office. Everyone is, is, is not going to have a food pantry like we have a food pantry. Everyone is, is not... Every, every pastor doesn't have the same assignment to do the same things that we might do. And he said, These things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Notice where Jesus holds his leaders. The right hand in the Bible is always the place of strength. Jesus is seated at the right hand, not the left, the right hand of the Father. Even with Solomon, his mother was at his what? right hand. It's always in, in, in Hebrew. It's the place of strength. Typically, people right hand. In fact, if you were left-handed, my, 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 my wife, when she was born, she was left-handed. She would try to eat with her left hand, and she's from that Middle Eastern culture, though she's from Africa, but it's all the same area. there. Her mother would pop her hand because in that culture, the left hand represented something bad. And she would. She learned. Now she's ambidextrous. Actually, my wife can catch. She can catch a football. She can catch better than me. She's incredible. It's amazing. She can do stuff with both hands. It's amazing. That's an aside. Okay, sorry. You just distract me. But the, the the leaders were in Christ's What right hand? The place of what strength? And, and what God is letting us know is He's not weak when it comes to dealing with His leaders. You see, over the last thirty years, we have watched God exalt. And humble leaders. And he did it with the whole world watching. You see, God is patient, but he's not shy when it comes to dealing with his own. He's that parent that will spank you in Walmart. I know nowadays you don't do that. But back in the day, right in the middle of the grocery store, mama would get it done. And God don't care, NBC, ABC, CNN, I'm a deal. With mine. <laughs> now, I am not recommending, particularly with the sheriff, we've got the, the you know, representative here, that you begin to beat your children in the grocery store. I'll visit you in jail and pray for you. But there, 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 there are ways to deal with your children where you don't have to end up behind bars. take their phone. They will wish. They will wish. All right. uh, This is where the kids start hating me. Thank you. This is is he who says, he he walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Of all the places Jesus could choose to walk, he walks in the midst of a flawed church. And that's why when you come here, you sense the presence of God in a special way. And you may feel it in a personal way all week, but when you come together with, with believers where Christ is in the midst, there's just a special manifestation of his presence. You see, church is not just supposed to be about, you know, finding a comfortable place to sit on a Sunday. It's a place that, that, that will challenge your thinking. It's, it's a, a place that will reshape your life. It's a, it's, it's a place that when you join, you join a team with supernatural power to, to change your neighborhood, to change your, 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 your region, your country, and, and the world. And, and we are a supernatural people doing more than any one of us could ever do alone. And by the way, that's where Jesus stands. Now, yeah, he loves our families and he's in our families, but he stands. Amid the church, That's why the devil fights you so much about being part of a church, coming to church, and rolling up your sleeves in the church, because that's where Christ's power is, and that's how, how God typically gets his work done in the earth. And he says to this church who is his church, and by the way, it's not my church. It's not that it's supposed to be the denomination's church. It's supposed to be his church. He says, I know... Your works. Literally, the language is just a little bit awkward, but I think it, the, the, the literal language helps us understand what Jesus is saying in the heart of it a little bit better. He says, I know the works of you, meaning I, 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 I pay attention to you and your works, I, I, I connect personally with, with, with you. Jesus had an intimate knowledge of all that this church and the people of this church. We're doing for him. And I want you to watch. He applauded every single detail. He goes on. He says, I know your works, and now he outlines them. Your labor. One of the main characteristics of this church was they put it in. These were a hard-working group of people. And here's the deal. It's very hard to beat a, a, a group of people who won't quit. People that stay at it. the People that roll up their sleeves until they get it done. He said... I know your works, I've been watching your labor, I have seen your perseverance or your patience. Literally, I know the patience of you. Jesus had watched the the people of this church, the the bishop of this church as well, and, and all the leaders of this church hang in there under heavy personal burdens, even when they were hurting. Spouses went sideways, but they still kept showing up. Kids went, went, went off the rails, but, but they kept serving. People had problems in their own finance, but they kept sowing into God's work. People criticized them, but they ignored it. And th- these were amazing, amazing people, like many of the people here today. He said, I know your labor and I know your patience. I I watch it week after week, and I I write it down in my book. I am paying attention. No one else may know, but I know what it costs you to do everything you do. And I also know that you cannot bear those who are evil. You refuse to support people who don't at least treat others right, like like they matter. You're not just in it for yourselves, And and I've been watching this. And on top of that, you've tested those who say they are apostles, And they're not. They're they're motivational speakers that that refer to a text every now and then to prove what it is they're trying to teach. But but, but if you had to compare the teaching to the Bible, they, they don't even come close. Pay attention to what I'm saying. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And you found them to be what? Liars. This church gave ministers a chance. But when ministers uh, proved them wrong, this church called them and, and, and called it what it was. And, and now we, we, we don't call everybody by name. We're not that type of church. And, but, 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 but listen, when it's wrong, after a while, we, we stop inviting you back. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And in verse 3, and I'll give you a couple chances, by the way. But right now, people come to mind, that was three strikes, dude. But, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. In verse 3, God enjoyed affirming them so much. He repeated it all again. Watch this. He said, "You persevered. You've had patience. And you've labored for my name's sake." They not only did the right things, they did the right things for the right reasons. Everybody in this church was somehow living a life bigger than themselves. And here's the deal the closer we, we, we live to God, the smaller everything else appears. And, and all their problems were tiny compared to the opportunity to serve one another and to be in the presence of the Almighty. He said, You labor for my name's sake. It wasn't all about you every Sunday. And you've not become weary. Jesus said, I, I know how exhausted. You have felt at times, but you never used it as an excuse to quit, to give up, and to give in. Here's something I want to admit to you every single major mistake, every single major mistake I I have made in my life began with me either thinking with my mind or saying with my mouth, I'm tired usually starts, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that. Or if you're married, I'm tired of you. (laughs) And then I would use my tiredness for an excuse to take a shortcut. For an excuse to take matters into my own hands. As an excuse to do something stupid. As if my weariness has anything to do with what's right and what's wrong. Y'all got real quiet. Y'all just going to leave me here, aren't you? Like I'm I'm the only one. Like I'm the the only one. All right. I encourage myself in the Lord. (laughs) Nevertheless, despite all the good you have going on, I still got to keep it real with you. This is Jesus talking. Just because you're doing well in some areas doesn't mean you don't have to do some work in other areas. On, so and he continues. And this is a part of the conversation we don't like. So, nevertheless, all the good you're doing, I have this. Against you. Again, you're doing really, really well in some place. I even repeated the areas you're doing well in. But I need you to know I'm deeply disturbed. Deeply disturbed by something I just have to bring up for our relationship's sake. You have left your first love. Some translations say you have left the love you had at first. All the good things you're doing. All the projects you're funding. But in the midst of it, your heart has grown distant. It wasn't that they didn't love God. Please don't misunderstand. They love God. It's just that they didn't love him the way they used to. There was a time they laughed at every joke. There, there, there was a time they put certain songs on repeat. And I, that, that's my song. And Lord, I love you. I love you. And they just sing that song over and over and over and over again. Every conversation that they had, you know, with someone new, they work in the name of their loved one. And they, they got to bring up God. They had to bring up Jesus because he was just so near and dear. I mean, they were in love. I mean, crazy love, teenager love with God. But I want you to watch the antidote to losing the love you had at first. Remember. I put this in my notes, then I took it out my notes. It's still out my notes, but it's just coming up in my heart again. You know, I, I travel a lot. And I know I'm supposed to be the bishop and everything. But I have on street clothes like you. I don't wear a collar, nothing. Every now and then, you get on the elevator. And you run across a little girl that got daddy issues. And once you cross 50, you figure all this is behind you. But it's still. And every now and then, you work out. I don't get a lot, but every now and then. <laughs> What's that cologne you wear? Immediately, I remember. No, no, I remember my wife in that hospital pushing out both of those babies' heads. I remember the nights where where, where where I was throwing up and and, and she was rubbing my back. I remember when I had a cut this long at the base of my spine and she was pouring peroxide cleaning. How soon we forget. How soon we forget. How soon we forget. He told them to remember. See, the problem was with this church over time, they began to focus more on their hurts in Christ, Their their disappointments and their hardships and, yeah, I had this challenge since I met the Lord, and and they slowly forgot how God had kept them, how God had preserved them, how God had uh, 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 uphold them. Tell the truth, you ought to be in jail. You ought to be in jail. Tell the truth, you ought to have lost your doggone mind with the craziness that's gone on in your life. You ought to have been drugged out turned out, tricked out, that airplane didn't have to land, you didn't have to survive that car crash, you don't know how God protected just getting you here, how many lights you had to go through, and the person on the other side had to stop, how soon we forget.
1: This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
2: What would you say if someone asked you to define yourself? Would you give them a list of your talents, achievements, and the people you know and the places you've been? Most likely you would highlight your successes and probably not so much your failures, but all your experiences, both good and bad, help make us who we are. In Philippians 4 and 12, Paul said this. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. In other words, he was saying, I know my worth when things are going well. And when things are not going so well, then Paul adds, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul knew that there was nothing that could hurt him that God could not heal. No tragedy or loss could be greater than the strength that God would provide to get him through it. You see, faith does not always cause God to stop the blows from coming, but he gives us the ability to roll with them. So roll with the punches.
1: For more content like this, be sure to follow Grace Church VATV on youtube.com. That's Grace Church VATV. and as always, live big